Welcome to another episode of the SNC podcast. I am your host, Fola Shade Anozi. I am excited about today's show. People who know me well enough know that film music is one of my greatest loves. And a month ago, I had the pleasure of speaking with the film and TV composer who is making a name for himself in the Nigerian movie industry. His name is Gray Jones. Gray Jones is no stranger to the Nigerian music industry. He's a music producer, retired rapper, audio engineer, and songwriter. However, he made the transition to film scoring and sound design because in his words, he felt limited creatively. My conversation with him covered his musical journey, his TV and film projects, surfing the waves of the Nigerian movie industry, and more. Before I dive into the show, I would like to apologize for the audio quality. I recorded the interview in an open room on a loud, rainy day in Lagos, and you know how that goes. I'm hoping you still find a way to enjoy the interview. Gray Jones, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's uh, seriously, I feel like I, keep, I just told you before we came on, like, all you producers that come on my podcast and that are so helpful, God bless all of you. Una go hama. Amen. <laughs> because the patience with which you help me set up, you know, when I'm having like little technical issues. Oh, I'm so, so grateful. Thank you. And did you know, just like you said, when you were testing the microphone that I played you for? Yeah, yeah. That is one of my favorite songs from you. Thank you. And I'm not just saying that because you're here. I play that song even when I'm working out. Oh, wow. Seriously. I appreciate it, love. So what inspired that song? Um, it was it was something I was I was going through at the time. I was I was going through a very rough relationship. So the best way I could address it was to actually just express it in my songs. And yeah, that's how it came about. It wasn't even planned, it wasn't written, it was just I was just there in front of the microphone, in front of my desk as I was composing, I was just voicing it as I felt it, and that's how it came to be. I like that song. Baby girl. <laughs> Clearly, yeah, not a singer. <laughs> but I really love that song. So now that we've gone through four, just to give us a quick, not even quick summary, just to talk about your background. So you are a producer. Yeah. You're a vocalist. Yeah. You're a rapper. I used to be a rapper. Used to be a rapper. You are an audio engineer. Yeah. And a songwriter. Your creative repertoire also includes you being a composer. Yep. A voiceover artist. Yep. And you are a sound designer. Yep. You are quite the creative. Oh, I'm a handyman. <laughs> Very handyman. Now, before we delve into your work in all these different aspects of music industry and production and TV, let's talk a bit about your background. You are from Delta State. Yes, very correct. Now, talk to us about what it was like growing up in your family and how your interest in music developed. I, I come from a family of eight kids uh, and I'm, I'm somewhere in the middle. I'm the fifth child. So most of the time, um, I was kind of caught between the older ones and the younger ones. So I was smack in the middle. And I had to find, I had to find my way for myself. So when I was much younger, say like I was in GS3, I left the family house because you know how it is. Every family has their own tough times. So at that time I had to go stay with my aunt. And then that was when I really learned to be in the streets. From secondary school, I met friends that we, we used to spend time in studios and just doing random sessions. And then that was when the passion really started for me because it was enlightening seeing that you could do this with yourself and um until much not until much later i started producing for myself when i actually grew much older at the end of my teenage years and then i it was then the thing really kicked off and then i was like i was like 19 thereabouts and since then it's just been one hell of a journey one hell of a journey now was it during those times with your friends that you realized that you were also interested in rap you know, everyone that goes through music you you will meet that rap bus stop you have to go through it 
Um, it's just one of the things that happened. I, I actually like rap music. Who's your favorite rapper? Method Man and um, Red Man. Um, that's that's pretty much how it started for me. And the rap thing was just because I really liked listening to rap music at the time growing up. Um, so it just it was just natural for me to just try and just do part of my own kind of rap. And then meeting people that also were, were enthusiastic about the kind of music that we made together. It was just it was just a natural journey. What is it about um, Method Man and Red Man that made them become your? I think it's the their delivery for me. Um, like if you listen to my songs, I'm not I'm not exactly a lyricist. If you if you would say I'm not that deep rap kind of guy. I just like to bounce on beats, uh, and I think the delivery that uh, Method Man and Red Man gives on their songs is is kind of kind of peculiar. I like people like that. People like Red Man, Buster Rhymes, people like that that they just try to deliver on beats and it's cool. Okay, now sticking with your production work, you have done a lot of work with Eva Alodia, from her singles to her Geigo EP to her debut album 1960. Now, can you just speak about the chemistry that you had or have with her? And I say had because we haven't heard anything from both of you together as a as a team. So if you could speak about that. Um, Eva and I were... Well, I was introduced to Eva by my brother, Max. Oh, he's your brother? Yeah. Oh, wow. Apparently. <laughs> yeah. So I was introduced to her uh, introduced to her by my brother, Max. And then at the time, she was still exploring her sound. And then Max was like, yo, my brother can hook you up. And that was how we started. It wasn't, it wasn't anything serious. It wasn't anything deep. It just over the years, we became friends. And then the chemistry just kind of grew from that friendship. Because even when we're in the studio, we actually do argue a lot about how the sound should go. But we always end up on the common ground and it's always beautiful. But we're still very good friends, even if we've not had anything um, like a project together like that. All right. Now, you've also worked with artists such as um, Hayo, Neil, Temison, Yoye, Deep, Sami, Rikasani. And your most recent production work that I am aware of is your work with Bisola. And that was her single, Heartbroken. Any other artists that you're looking forward to working with this year? Um... Okay, that's a very peculiar question because the way I structured myself right now, I'm not exactly looking at, at making music for music purpose. Like uh, I'm more into film these days, and it, it's it's a whole lot for me. It's a whole lot more fun than having to deal with artists. Why so? Um, it's just it's just something I think I just I enjoy doing more because having to create sound to picture is is more challenging for me. Yeah, having to be able to draw that emotion from picture and having to create that in sound. Yeah, I think that's more, it's more fun for me and I would like to be where it's more fun. Yeah, like, I feel like it's probably the next step for me. That's, that's where I see it, it's like a next step for me. So if I have any more music projects coming out, it's, it's, it will probably happen when it happens. But right now, I don't have any in the plans right now. Now, you talked about music and TV and film. So let's definitely make that segue. So you are a film composer and a TV composer. Now, for our listeners who have no idea what those two fields are, can you explain what it means to be a film composer or a TV composer? Okay. Um, simply put, everything you watch on TV needs sound, right? Um, I'm, always talk- I'm always talking about dialogue. I'm also talking about mood music or soundtracks. And that's where the composer comes in. So you have a picture that has moods and you need, this is for film now, you have a picture that has moods and you need to depict that moods in sound. You create your mood music, your background music. Or if it's for a film, you create your soundtrack that, that sets the theme of the music because the music does pretty much like 40 to 50% of the film. If you have a film that has bad music, you probably won't be drawn into it. So yeah, that's what a composer really does. It sets the mood in terms of sound. And a lot of times it's not exactly what is right in front of your face. It's sometimes it's actually what is playing behind that you're not really noticing, but it's actually enhancing the mood of the scene. 
So that's where composer comes in. Yeah, because I was about to ask you that. Some people may be um, wondering, what is the importance of having music in film? I mean, we've grown up in Nigeria listening to Celine Dion playing in the background. <laughs> but we're not talking about those kinds of, um, those kinds of, I guess, background music being played. We're talking about um, scoring yeah. for movies. Now, what about sound design? For someone who's like, what is sound design? Sound design is when you are creating or recording sound effects to better tell the story. For example, you see a scene where a guy comes into a room and slams the door every sound that happens from the footsteps walking approaching the door and the way it comes you you hear like a person is walking towards the door that small effects you have to you have to replicate all that like the door opening and closing his footsteps coming in it's probably shaking his pockets and you're hearing the keys all those things are sound design so you actually design the scene via sound so everything like imagine watching a film and you you don't play anything at all so all those other things that you see that all the interaction going on you replace that with sound effects and that's what sound design is replicating the scene via sound effect so it's like kind of breaking it down like if someone should slap me in a yes. movie that slap it may not come across properly in in the recorded audio yeah, yeah. so you have to replicate that yeah so you call a foley artist to record the sound then the sound design puts the adequate effects to make it blend into the scene now why did you decide to get into the world of music composition for film and tv as opposed to just sticking with, I mean, you, you kind of alluded to the fact that artists have wahala. Yes. But you're an artist yourself now. <laughs> I'm also an artist. That's how I know they do have wahala. <laughs> yeah, I think it really started from, because the way, the way I started music, I, I started music creating emotional pieces. And I realized the music industry, especially the pop music industry, they don't have time. They don't have time for that. Just come and do your shop, 16 bars for 8 bars, 16 bars again, come loop and you're done. But the way I like to create music, it, it changes over time and it changes per mood. And it just felt like, I wasn't in the right place, but then I found that in film, I could actually express more emotions in the song or in the music, and it's well, like, well accepted. I don't have to be trapped in a genre loop, like do Afro pop to blow. I don't have to do any specific type of music to blow. Matter of fact, it lets me be more creative because I can express however I want as long as it matches the mood on screen. So yeah, for me, I think that's, that's a better place for me to be in. I like to really express myself, not be limited by the status quo of having to be stuck in a genre because, um, like I said, I'm a singer, rapper and all these things. And then a lot of times I find it hard to actually just sit down in one place and just do one type of music over and over again. So in sound for film, I think I can really express myself more than I can express myself making music or hit singles. That's great. Now, before we go on to some of the work that you've done with film and TV, who are some of your favorite composers? Um, Hans Zimmer. Yeah, he has to be number one. <laughs> then Junkie XL. He did um, this new film, was it Alita? He did Mad Max, The Sound in Mad Max. He also did, uh, what's that other film? What's that other film? That's just what I can remember now, but if I remember, I would tell you more. Those two are my top. Yeah. Well, what is it about Hans that you love? Um... He's cocky in a very subtle way. He's very cocky with the sounds. There's a way he translates the scenes into music, like the kind of instruments he uses, the French horns and all those things. Like the way he expresses his music is just beautiful. It's really just beautiful. No, Hans is like, I fell in love with Hans as a kid. I didn't even really know who he was um, through Lion King. Because you know he was behind Lion King. Oh, I actually didn't know that. Yeah, he was. Um, and then I really now fell in love with him um, through Gladiator. Him and Lisa Gerard, I got to see her perform live. She's amazing. So that's, he's just so awesome. Yeah, Hans is the film scoring as Timberland is to music production. Yeah. And you know what's so amazing about, the, about Hans? Sorry we're talking about Hans. is the fact that he has been instrumental in the careers of other people. So you have Roman Jawadi from Game of Thrones. You have Steve Jablonski from Transformers. All these different people. It's interesting to see how they started from him. And he has been so supportive of them going on to, I guess, anchor other projects, you know? 
That's awesome. So hopefully you would, you know. In due time. In due time. So your movie score composition includes Up North. Yeah. And It's Okay. Am I pronouncing that right? Yeah, It's Okay. It's Okay. And then the TV composition includes Our Best Friend's Wedding, which was for season one. Yes. Now, I'm going to start with the work on It's Okay because I'm yet to see Up North. I, it's not, I haven't, is this still in theaters? Yeah, it is. Really? Yeah, I saw some day. I think like three days ago, I saw that it was still on on theaters. What theaters exactly? Because I went to a particular theater that has branches all over Nigeria, and I could. I, I'm serious. Maybe it's off now, but last I heard, it was still. But you should see if you if you find a way to see, it, please do see. It. Did you know that? I, my mom had to accompany me. That's really how committed I was. We had to go and we couldn't find it. We couldn't find it in theater. So I'm so sorry. I, I, I just, I would ever, you know. Eventually you see. I know, yeah. And then I'll be like, oh yeah, okay. So moving on to Isoke. And Isoke was released in 2017. And it was directed by Jade Oshiberu. Now with Isoke, you worked as the score composer. You were the music curator. And you were the music editor. Now my first question is, how did you balance all those roles? Uh, you have to do what you have to do. <laughs> That's just how it is. And especially how I came, I came into the project at, uh, at a very, shall I say at the 11th hour, because uh, a lot of things had gone down before I came into the project. So I had to come and just perform magic, basically. And I had a lot of support from, from Jadi herself, too. Like, the movie had to come out, and we had to do what we could do to get it out. So, yeah, there was, it was not a choice of um, how do I do this. I just had to do it. And especially how it was my it was my first entry into the film scene, I had to prove myself. Like I had to show that you I could really do this, and it was it was beautiful. Now I've heard some composers talk about the fact that when they come onto the I guess the movie project at the very last hour, how there's so much pressure, but they just have to deliver. Yeah. So how did you just manage that? Because if you're coming at the eleventh hour, obviously they have a timeline, they have a schedule. The movie has to be released at a particular time. So how do you manage that? Well, I think I think a lot of should I say a lot of help came from my experience in being a music producer because uh, apart from selecting music for scenes i had to create some pieces for the film and then i didn't have enough time to beat around the bush and sourcing for ideas so i i just had to go with my gut feeling from the experience i have had as a music producer i just took it like any other job like okay what does the client want and i broke it down to scenes okay in this scene the client wants this kind of music how can i create this kind of music and i do i do a bit of research on each type of music that i'm supposed to create and draw inspiration from that. That's pretty much the way it works. So you have a you have a, a brief. You follow your brief and you're good to go. And did you speak to Jade about what she wanted? Constantly, constantly. It was a constant back and forth on on the scene. So I was not I was not far from 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 my ideas to what she really wanted. And that was actually the best thing for me because I didn't want to go so far and then I now check what she really wants and it's different. So yeah. A lot of feedback was was very helpful. That's have you ever worked with a producer at the eleventh hour, and you create something? I guess like you score the movie, and they're like they don't want this. Has that ever happened? Yeah, that happened. Of course, it happened. You're not nobody's good here. It happened in up north because there was there was a scene I was trying to score, and I also submitted that morning, so I was up all night the night before, and I think I was like I had two more scenes left to finish the whole composition. I was working on that thing all night, and. I was blank. There was nothing happening. Like I, I couldn't really do anything up until 8 a.m. the next morning. He was coming the next morning, like 10 o'clock, to come pick up the film. So as at 8 a.m., I was already exhausted. I, I think I went to just crash like around 6 30. Like, nah, I can't do this anymore. But as at 8 a.m., I just woke up and I just ran and I just created something and it was beautiful. And it worked. And I just played for him and it worked. But the night before, the thing I played for him 
didn't work. He said it was not it wasn't working. So I had to stay up all night to make sure I finished it, and that was it. Yeah, that's so. It's it's it's. I think what you're just saying aligns with all the um. When I watch all these interviews with like film score composers, they talk about this experience, and it's like it's it's crazy, it's intense. Yeah. Then I think another thing about pressure. Pressure actually brings out the creativity in you, whether you like it or not. Once you once you are in the last minute and you have to deliver, it comes out. Now one of the scenes was still on Isoke. One of the scenes I liked in Isoke is where she meets Osaze and her mom in the beginning. Okay. When Isoke meets Osaze for the first time, which when she's with her sister and her mother when her sister greets oh yeah 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 yeah. outside the party yes 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 there's like a you have this cue it's like a twinkle yeah and i just feel like it's it was it was perfect even my mom was like that was perfect because we thought that it signaled excitement yeah and also interest you know like it it was just it was well conveyed like she was like hmm (laughs) (laughs) but we didn't hear her say hmm just that you know just the cue that you used it was like okay she is interested in him yeah i really like that although that that, that thing was stressful to me because we were back and forth because jade wanted something very specific and i wasn't getting it <laughs> what did she want what did she want it, that was what she wanted but i, I couldn't really get that first because first of all i think the pressure really took a toll on me but after i got used to the pressure i started delivering so yeah and one of the things I also loved is the choice of jazz music as the backdrop when she and Osaze uh, have... The laundromat. No, no, they're having dinner. I really loved it because it allowed... I thought that it allowed the conversation and just their body language to shine through. Because a lot of times you watch certain Nigerian movies and they are playing song. And the song is overshadowing what is going on. You know, you, they're playing inserts artist and you're you're taking a back oh i remember this song (laughs) (laughs) as opposed to paying attention to one yeah true so i was just like oh jazz music is the perfect because everything just kind of it just fell into the background and the focus was on osaze and it's okay i just really love and i think i think another thing you have to pay attention to is that that scene if you look at the scene it's like uh it's like a high-end restaurant and in the high-end restaurant you won't be playing anyhow music it's it's music that will help your your food digest (laughs) you're very right yeah because again you see certain movies that's supposed to be high-end and they are playing anyhow music exactly that cannot work one other thing i guess you just answered that because i was about to ask you that but is that something you're very keenly aware of oh yeah yeah matter of fact as um we first even had um temp music in there we had to download some music from online from a library online to use as temporary and up until up until when we're ready to actually release the film i i couldn't make that piece i listened to a lot of jazz but i wasn't that great of a musician to actually replicate jazz by myself and just listening to it over and over again watching the scene last minute it came out like that's what i'm saying about pressure it puts you in the place that you have to be to get the things you really want and yeah that's that just happened as, as it did Another thing I liked in Isokan was the use of Lindsay um, Abude, Drift Away, and Timmy Dolphins, Quata Quata. Yeah. I loved it. Again, even though those songs, I love those songs. I think, if I remember, I think you used the instrumentals. I'm not so sure. I think for Drift Away, it was the music. But the music, it was weirdly in kind of like in the background in a way like i was like oh i know the song but i was still paying attention to what was going on that's the work of a sound mixer okay so speak more about what is- a sound mixer is one that actually balances the levels and then the the moods of the music so you have a scene you don't have the music blasting in your face especially if it's supposed to be a background music so you have to mix it into place 
the same way you mix your podcast Chege. so you have to mix it into place to fit the scene now let's speak about up north from the reviews that i read about it how it showcased the northern culture how the storyline was very interesting and apparently different can you speak about what it was like working on that kind of project besides um having to deliver at 8 a.m at the end or sure <laughs> um it was a good one because the the film was centered around a specific theme so it was it was a very enabling factor because you already knew what you wanted you're talking about a film that was shot up north and they're talking about northern people and their way of doing things um you had to really replicate that in the sound you had to really express that in the sound and uh, so i had i had to try as much as possible to showcase the northern culture in the music but at the same time still make it somewhat new school somewhat modern somewhat uh urban if i can say that uh yeah so it was it was quite challenging but at the same time it was fun because i was experimenting with sounds that i naturally wouldn't have experimented with like i remember clearly i had to go on the street to look for some some fulani musicians that played this um that that small guitar and those drums and it was challenging having to even work with them because um, language barrier and all those things but we pulled it off and it was it was nice one question i also had is you know sometimes i see composers they talk about how the fa- talk about the fact that sometimes they have to score a movie even though the movie is not done has that ever happened to you yeah matter of fact i, I had this discussion with a few directors some some weeks ago like to be honest it's actually better if your budget allows it it's actually better if you involve the composer from the pre-production stage so you have everything planned into the pre-production so you know exactly what is going to happen in your film but most cases the composer actually gets in the project at the time you have an edit going on maybe like a first cut after the edit so a lot of times because of um, time constraints you are, you are you are forced to work with unfinished products or unfinished edits and then you you have to do patch patch here patch here patch there till the job is done um in the end it works it still works because you have like i said you have to do what you have to do but it's 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 kind of limiting especially if it, when it comes at last minute if you are involved in the pre-production stage at least you already have an idea what the film is about a lot of times you don't even know what the story of the film is about until they give you the first cut and you're expected to deliver in say two weeks and that happens a lot um so yeah it's it, it could be it could be enabling or disabling at the same time so if if you have a lot of if you have a lot of time before the edit is even going down you should have an idea of what the film is about so that will enable you to actually brainstorm before the actual job starts because a lot of a lot of the work actually comes from researching the film itself and having to depict the theme of the film into sound so i have to do a lot of research first and before you, that's before you even start pressing keys um one thing i wanted to ask before i moved on to your work um in our best friend's wedding is i talked about your work on it's okay being a music curator and a music editor what is a music curator and what is a music editor okay the music curator is the one that sources for the songs if you're using library music maybe like you're using an artist's music in the film or maybe a already a music that's already composed that's in a library somewhere so you source for the specific songs that are perfect for the scenes you're trying to put them in then the editor is the person responsible for placing the songs in and matching it to timeline like for example there there are ways you actually apply music in films where it's like um dramatic stops or breaks all those things that actually enhance the film itself like there was a part in Isoken okay, where the music was playing and they were in the elevator after they had a, the guy had a dinner date with Isoken. Okay. I think that was the first dinner date and they went to the elevator. If you notice, the elevator was closing and the, immediately the door stops, the music stopped. Yeah. All those things, that's what an editor does. An editor would 
cut the music the way you cut videos you cut the music to fit the scene in terms of length and all that you talked about being a music curator and you know sourcing for library music obviously some legal <laughs> issues come along because you have to get the licenses and the clearance can you speak about that do you work with the director's um, legal um, team or your legal team speak more about that please okay i'll, I'll speak for for Isokan, because that's what we really use. Okay, Isokan, maybe um, a TV show. We use um, a lot of third party music. And the way that worked is um, I'm given a specific list of people I can, I can source music from, either based on previous or prior deals they've had with the artist or their management or whatever. Then also another list of people that they probably might have access to. So it's still, it's still a scratch my back, a scratch your back kind of situation. So I'm, I'm still limited to a specific kind of library. I don't just pick at random. And the only time that happens is when there's really nothing else we can do. So I can pick someone that's not in their library and say, okay, this is what, who we're using. How can we get to this person? And then the producer or the director will contact the legal team and see how they can reach this person to get the license needed for such synchronization. Uh, whenever I hear um, musician songs and Nigerian movies, I'm like, do they get the license to play that song? Especially now. But even, apparently, even now, some people still don't. Like, it it's just take a while for it to circulate and people, for people to really understand. I think when the laws are beginning to be enforced with strong hands, then people will really understand. But you know what it is? Like, see, great. In 2019, I just don't feel like people have an excuse. I feel like sometimes it's just people trying to get away with stuff. Yeah. Because you would not go and get someone else's movie and just show it and say it's your own. True. So, I don't know. Maybe until someone gets sued and then that's when... Well, like I said, it's getting better now. Like, I was watching one. <laughs> I was watching one Nigerian movie where Kit Henshaw was running in the, in the courtyard thereabouts and then there was a cross, there was a cross, a statue of Jesus on the cross. They were using some orchestral kind of music, but it was like um, all this Catholic kind of music. And, and, I, and I thought to myself, did they get a license for this thing? And truly, it's actually better now because people are being more aware about these things, especially how artists are actually signed to collecting bodies now and then they enforce these things. You are at the risk of being sued if you don't actually get sync license for these things. So yeah, especially how Nigerian movies are actually going worldwide. So yeah, we can't get away with these things anymore. All right, now let's talk about Our Best Friend's Wedding, which was directed by Jerry Osai. On Our Best Friend's Wedding, you were the dialogue editor, you were the score composer, you were the sound designer, the mix engineer, and the mood score and special effects. Talk about your work on this TV series. <sighs> wow. The <laughs> uh, first thing I'll say was stressful. There was a... It was a long period of shooting. I was in the beginning parts of the shoots. I couldn't keep up because I, I had to do other things. So I couldn't follow through. So then it now got to time of post-production. And then because of time, time, see, time constraint is always a problem because they are always in a hurry. The clients are always in a hurry. So you have to always, you have to always deliver at a very short time. Basically, we had one week per episode for post-production, edits, color grade, everything sound everything for each episode and it wasn't it, it really wasn't enough time especially how i was getting the edits at uh, the edit at a day before uploading so i had just one day to do all these things so i could only do my best i couldn't do everything i really wanted to do but i couldn't do my best but yeah even at that it still came out good because 
people loved it. I think that was my first break into TV too. It made me understand how things actually happen. Sometimes you might not have the time you need, but you have to still deliver. So I had to find, I had to find easy ways to work around things. I had to clean noise. Especially how a lot of recordings were not really taken properly. So I had to fix all that. There was no room for ADR to record. ADR is when you're recording um, the voice of the, of the actor over the scenes. Like you will come to the studio to record the scene again. Matter of fact, we didn't have time for that. So we had to just mix the thing how it was how it was recorded i had a lot of bad audio a lot of thing here so all that just made the work very stressful but it was it was enlightening because i learned a lot on that project you talked about pre-production and post-production uh, in movies can you speak about i guess even in tv as well can you speak about what those different aspects involve okay pre-production is when you are actually planning for the main production itself so you set your timelines you source for locations you contact your actors um you get the crew and then everybody aligns their timelines. Um, you determine which scenes you shoot first based on budget and logistics. So if you're having a lot of scenes in this specific place, even if the scene is going to be at the end of the film and at the middle of the film, you shoot them together because you're going to be in the same place at this time. So that's just about planning and having to do a lot of structuring to make your shoots go well. Then production is when you've actually have a solid plan production is just implementing that plan that's when you're shooting and everything should go well if your pre-production goes well so a lot of work people think actually the production is the main work no the pre-production is actually a bulk of the work because if you get your pre-production right your production should go smoothly then after production production is when you're actually capturing the things everybody's acting you're shooting and recording audio location here and there then post-production is when you've taken all these footages and audio you're syncing the audio to, to picture you're cleaning the audio you're editing the videos you are re-recording audio scenes like the dialogue in the, in the film just to replace all the things that are bad yeah that's post-production so that's like three stages of, of production you have pre-production production and post-production where you do all the after work thank you for explaining that as we wrap up I want you to please give advice to someone who wants to get into film music or TV music. So, because you were lucky, if you say lucky in quotation marks. Yeah, I was lucky. Exactly. Your brother had faith in you for whatever reason and said, you're talented. You haven't done film music before or TV music before. Come on this project and show us what you can do. Right. But for someone who no gets connection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was being this awesome one yourself. Are you by yourself, brother? Hey, they cast me now. Nah? <laughs> <laughs> what advice would you give to them, especially in Nigeria, whereby it doesn't seem like that's the popping thing to be? Okay. First off, just work on your music. Work on yourself. Work on your craft, your skills. If you play the keyboard, be a better player at the keyboard. And then explore music. Like, watch a lot of movies. Watch how they implement music in movies and try to replicate these things. And that will help you a great deal. Make sure you have... Maybe not make sure you have, but try try to have a large library of music that's not just um, locked in specific genres. Just try to explore as much music as you can. And I'm not saying you have to learn to make orchestral music or classic mu classical music. Even in uh, in new films now, we have a lot of music going around, even pop and other things. But just try to be experimental with the music. Don't be locked up in a specific genre like a lot of young producers doing trap and just that's all they know how to do. Like explore. Forget about the connections and all that. That is, there's all there's always a business side to it. You have to still do your groundwork, meet this person. You have to hustle the hustle. But before you do that, make sure that you can believe in your skills well enough. So basically, hone your skills, work on your craft. Just keep working at it basically, and then when the opportunity presents itself, you will be ready. You know, I was telling someone a couple of days ago. I was saying that um, I, was, I was watching this interview with Oprah. And she said that one of the challenge, or oh, not, not challenge, one of the mistakes that she thinks that our generation we make is that a lot of us are 
quote unquote, we're focused on our brand yeah. before focusing on our work. She's like, the work comes before the brand. Whatever brand it is you think you're building, if you don't have work to show for it, there's nothing. So again, it kind of goes back to what you're saying that, you know, the connections, yeah, that one, that hurdle is still there. Exactly. But if you don't have the, the skills to show for it, right? Okay, so now let's say the person now has honed his or her skills. How... The, how will the person I get those connections? Can the person just reach out to? Just reach out. Just reach out to people, cause it's there's there's not there's no clear way to do this thing. Just reach out to people. If you know directors, you can go on. If you don't know them, just go on, go online. Because now there's there's a lot of need for music. That's one thing people don't know. The sound composing industry is not saturated. There's there's such a high demand for these things, and you won't know until you you actually are privileged to hear this news going around. So just just reach out. If you have stuff that's good, they will contact you, and it's as simple. But just make sure you have a cool a good library, and then you reach out to as many people as you can, because that's the hustle. You just have to reach out, because they won't hear you if you don't reach out. It's not by it, a lot of people got gigs from posting every day on social media their works. That you can do that. That's also fine. Just make sure you're out there one way or the other. There's such a high demand for music right now. So not five, ten people can still cater to this to these needs. We need a whole lot more people doing this. Matter of fact, we we do. This is me calling out to people like we do need a lot of people. So I'm actually urging young producers out there to actually try. I think I always say everybody. Excuse me. Everybody wants to be record producer. Everybody wants to be artist. Say I say artist. Nobody wants to be okay. Everybody wants to be manager. Nobody wants to be the gaffer. Nobody wants to be the um, video director or something. Okay, that one is popular as well. But just like the other scene. Like if you watch if you watch a film at the end credits, you see all that long list of people. Those are real people, real work, and it's it's very rewarding. Because one thing is, if you are good in your in your craft, even if it's just to change batteries in a remote control. If you are good in your craft, you will get hired, and that's just the truth about it. I think the challenge we face with our generation is that we all want to. Someone would say, "Well, so changing the battery, how's that going to make me money?" As opposed to being the record producer or the artist, right? You, but you can get that. You can get. You can get. You get the problem, right? I get that. One thing people don't understand. I saw. I saw one video recently, and they said making money in business is not about just doing it. It's about doing it consistently. So even if you even if you do it for eight years or you do it for eighty years, as long as you you you, you get successful, you're a success story. Consistency is key, basically. Now, what about sound design? What advice would you give to someone who is trying to break into that? Okay, that one that one is quite technical because a lot of times you will have to record these things, and then to do these things, you have to have basic to intermediate knowledge about recording techniques, and that's just all there is to it. Recording techniques, and then it's just uh, like well, let me not be so let me not be let me not sound pessimistic nigerian industry nigerian film industry is, is boosting right now but we need we need fully studios where you know how they have this like big warehouse and they have different things where they record different kinds of sounds legs on concrete grasses all those things we need those kind of things in place so basically I'm, this is probably me calling out to investors also like we need these things and you definitely should make money off these things so these are things that are actually needed in our films to make our films even better if we're going to be looking at hollywood and trying to compare with, trying to compare with hollywood these are the things that are needed you have to pay attention to your sound you need to hire a sound designer who is a different person from the composer who is a different person from the sound mixer who is a different person from a foley artist who is a completely different person from your audio mix engineer there are different departments that we need people to fill up and this will actually create jobs for people what other challenges have you faced um apart from <laughs> apart from time constraints <laughs> which is almost always a constant um is the attitude towards the the necessity for the work like people don't really understand the work involved so most times it's usually overlooked they take it for granted if i can say that 
people don't really understand that there's a whole lot of work involved in this like for example someone will come to me and say yo i want to do sound in my film you're not trying to explain what part of sound do you want to be done in your film do you want to mix dialogue do you want to do audio repair or do you want to do sound design or they don't get all the things by the time you finish negotiating you open a film project and you see that there's no sound work done already and everything is on your head you have you yourself you have to be a composer you have to be the mix engineer you have to be the sound designer you have to be the fully artist if the budget even allows it if not you still have to find your way to go around the check it so i think awareness is our, is one of the major challenges because even people in the film industry don't really know these things too. and as that is it's something that we need to lay emphasis on like you see a producer might come to you and tell you want to do something they, they don't really know the intricate work involved in post-production for sound i find that hmm i'm trying to see how to say this nicely or say this correctly i find it one of the challenges i feel like we have in nigeria is that people don't want to invest the time to do proper research True. if you want to become a doctor there are things you have to read. There are classes you have to take. Yeah. The same way applies to say, if you want to become a director, a movie director, or a movie producer, you can't just wake up one day and say, you, you, you have to look at the industry in its totality. And I just, I, I struggle when I just see people who want to half-ass their way through their careers and expect other people to now bear the responsibility and take pay cuts. True. Because they don't want to invest the time and resource to do what they need to do. And I just feel like that's very problematic. Yeah, it is. It's another major problem. That's what I was thinking about the awareness. Like people need to know what is. And I like what you said, you said you have to you have to understand the whole industry as a whole to find where your skills will put you in. And then you work for that diligently. Yeah, because you can't just say, Oh, I want to become a movie producer. Okay. But there are people that are going to support that project. So haven't you thought about that as well? But anywho, um in terms of the financial payouts Working with artists versus working in the movie industry, which one do you? That's the, that's the, I'm sure that's the major question why you came here today. No, that's it. <laughs> no be so. Because this one, like, you just abandoned the artist. Oh, I didn't abandon. Like it's from it's yeah. it's a personal thing basically. For me, I'm finding my purpose in film right now. No, I I, I tease you. I'm just teasing. <laughs> but I, you know how producers already complain about the fact that there's no money if you're an up and coming artist, up and coming producer. Okay um is that the same obviously you've already built your you're building your portfolio is that struggled um is that, is that i'm looking for the right word the english word but is that the, way, the same hustle in this yeah the truth is the hustle is actually the same because in the end once you are an upcoming person in any field you will not earn the same amount that a person that has been in the field for maybe two decades will earn so first you you need to know where you're starting from you need to know that you have to you have to give you have to give yourself first if you're looking to secure yourself in an industry you have to give and that is one thing you can't overlook and i like that it's really true because you know some young person may say ah like you said the industry is not saturated for the movie industry let me just do one right on <laughs> well it, you don't have to like you don't have to do what me i did like for me i had to just lock myself in a cave and just be focused on this that is my way of doing things you can still do your your artist production and still do some things that can go into film and tv you don't have to make it a full-time thing I, mean, I chose to make it a full-time thing because i really enjoy doing it and artists they give me stress honestly <laughs> like oh, this verse i don't like this verse all those things i'm not ready for it now yeah so in terms of monetary gains ah uh, it's i won't say they are so different because in the end if you work if you give yourself to a music artist and you have your split sheet signed and everything you will earn a lot of money from it especially if the artist is going to promote properly i think the cocoa the cocoa is in the promotion of the music itself 
if you are doing promotion for artists i think that's where the, the coco is because as a producer you are not really promoting for yourself but you're going to promote your artist songs unless you yourself you're going to be an artist or you're going to be dropping production albums which the promotion budget will be on your neck so even if you're earning you're putting it back into promotion but for film the film is not your film so you you don't have to spend a lot of money promoting the pieces if the film does good you are doing good it's as simple so that's just the difference between the two but there's in terms of the figure of pay it's not so different because in the end in films if you put your your songs in film you are entitled to specific sync royalties all these things that also apply in the music scene for artists they're not so different it's just that it's just a different industry but the terms are still pretty much the same it's still music i, I will advise young people coming to this like make sure you have yourself solid in your legal department because people will, will, will play on you and that's just the way the industry is and that's the same way it is in every industry so make sure you're backed up properly before you move forward the same thing for even music artists for music producers back up yourself with a legal good legal team and you're good to go oh yeah lawyer yes yeah lawyer i'm not even talking too much <laughs> yes now <nah. laughs> it's just very very important you always like you have a lawyer who knows what he or she's doing so that you're properly protected final question is i'm looking forward to the time whereby um, film composers even people like you would release the soundtracks to movies not just not just even the music for the movie soundtracks that involve artists just like you know like you know how you, how you have Hans Zimmer he releases his own you know mu- his scores is that, is that something that you're looking yeah it's it's happening now it's just you know there's a there's a whole lot that goes on in back scenes that will make it um somewhat delayed but it's like i said the movie industry is really going to that next level we're beginning to compare ourselves with international movie bodies so yeah we're we're getting there soundtrack albums is going to be a pretty constant thing pretty soon pretty soon i think people are beginning to buy the idea especially out, like for example after up north i i got a lot of requests like yo release the soundtrack album and yeah i would say yeah it's 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 something that's definitely going to come through yeah because that's another way for the um film composer to make money as well so let's go on to the fun random questions okay hey my chest <laughs> it's a fun random now okay first question is have you ever been so scared that you peed on yourself? No. Lucky you. I wasn't scared. I was so excited. <laughs> second question. And it was in secondary school for those who are wondering. Second question is, what kind of person would you want your life partner to be? Hardworking. Cliche, but yeah. Consistent. Yeah. Hardworking, consistent. Third question. Favorite movie score from last year? From last year? Yeah. I'm not sure I have one um i've been watching game of thrones again recently <laughs> yeah I, and I, I i saw that they did a lot of recording theme music here. so yeah i'm inspired by that right yeah. now i've tried to watch game of thrones i've only gotten past season one episode two why it's too many storylines yeah i can understand you just started no it's just i love i love the score yeah. but it's just it's just too, yeah. yeah i just people who are that really come they, they know who the lannisters are they know who the star i'm just like that's just too much work anyway final question is would you rather eat a small can of dog food or eight overripe bananas eight overripe bananas you eat eight overripe bananas why would i eat dog food <laughs> okay all right fair point but you, the dog food you never know it could be nutritious no wait now <laughs> no the dog food could still be human food i just hate override bananas they taste like crap uh, i like bananas 
it's bananas. This episode is produced by me. Our theme song is by DJ Mo. If you enjoy the show, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and kindly leave us a five-star rating. We are also available on SoundCloud. Across Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, we are at the handle at the SNC Podcast. Catch you in another two weeks. Bye.